Welcome to Financial Crime Matters with Kieran Beer. I'm Kieran Beer, Chief Analyst and Director of Editorial Content for ACAMS, the world's largest membership organization for anti-financial crime professionals. In this episode, I talk with Jonathan DuPont, a financial intelligence investigator for Western Union, and my colleague, Tiffany Pulyak, AFC Associate at ACAMS. We talk about the growth in the online sexual exploitation of children and particularly discuss the typologies associated with this disturbing phenomenon and how financial institutions can spot the proceeds of this crime. I hope the podcast is informative and that you'll subscribe to Financial Crime Matters either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Here we go. Seventy percent of human trafficking victims are women and girls, with one in four being children. In the U.S. alone, traffickers target their prey through social media and other technologies, with 70% of those targets being between 12 and 14 years old. As financial professionals, it is within our power to make it much more difficult for traffickers to succeed. For suggestions on what we can do, read our blog, Human Trafficking, Who is Accountable, at www.symphonysensa.com. That's symphonysensa.com. Well, it's a pleasure for me today to have with me Jonathan DuPont, financial intelligence investigator at Western Union, and Tiffany Pollock, AFC associate here at ACAMS. Today, we're going to talk about CSAM, which is the sexual abuse of children online, child sexual abuse material. And both Jonathan and Tiffany have made major contributions in various ways to the anti-financial crime community, to the anti-money laundering community, in articles in ACAMS Today and other places. And they've just completed work on this certification, the CSAM certification that ACAMS is rolling out as a public service. So Jonathan, Tiffany, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Jonathan, why don't I start with you and why don't we talk about what the scope of this crime is, maybe even just starting in Europe. Yes, sure. So in 2021, the European Commission reported that 85 million CSAM was reported worldwide during that year. And during the same year, the hotlines of Hidden Hope received a million URLs containing CSAM and the majority of it was unknown, which means that it was new content which hasn't been identified in the past. And Tiffany, do you have a sense, uh, either the U.S. too, or adding the global picture into this? Yeah, definitely. So again, I mean, it is really tough to say as new materials are found constantly and some depict, you know, the same children and some are brand new victims. Um, So the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children operates a cyber tip line. And the last time I checked, there have been over 82 million reports on CSAM. And their victim identification program has reviewed over 322 million images and videos. So law enforcement has so far identified over 19,000 victims thanks to those reports and that program. But I'm sure there are many more that are unaccounted for, especially this is more on the U.S. side. So we're talking about the millions of children. Well, do we have a sense of who the perpetrators are for this kind of thing? And for that matter, how much money is involved, Jonathan? I think it really depends on what type of crimes against uh, children we are talking about, how much money is involved um, when it comes to a fiat currency. I think we can be confident enough to say that millions, if not billions, are involved. When it comes to a cryptocurrency, for example, Chain Analysis published a blog post in 2020 in which they reported having identified a bit less than a million dollars worth of Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, payments that were sent to 
addresses associated to uh, CSAM providers for the year of uh, 2019. Tiffany, I started to ask Jonathan about this, and we've we've talked a little bit about, we went again to the financial and the scope thing, but who are the perpetrators of this kind of thing? So according to some reports, around 90% of the victims of CSAM know their abuser. So that can include family members, community members, close friends, you know, family friends, any of that. So mostly I would say victims know their abuser in general, but as different parts of the internet become more and more accessible, and, you know, maybe younger children are getting onto social media, it is possible that, you know, victims may start to not know their abuser or, you know, maybe they just know them through social media. But as of right now, the reports are saying that most victims know their abuser. Jonathan, you started to touch on this, crypto, perhaps other kinds of fund flows. What do fund flows look like that are associated with purchasing this material or purchasing the kinds of supplies that are necessary to create this kind of material? I think it also really depends on the case and the individuals involved, if they are well-versed with cryptocurrency or not, and if they use advanced techniques to avoid detection or to launder uh, money. The typical patterns would look like uh, frequent transactions in small amounts of uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, transactions made on a recurring basis, uh, which can indicate, for example, a potential subscription, transactions uh, sent during nighttime, transactions also sent to websites associated with adult service providers, purchase of tokens designed for the adult industry, and the use of uh, privacy coins like Monero, for example. Now, when it comes to fiat currency, uh, we have the same types of patterns. Uh, but they are easier to identify. In this case, we would have, for example, uh, frequent transactions in small amounts between males and females sent during nighttime too, uh, transactions sent by individuals who were previously convicted for crimes of a sexual nature, transactions sent with increased amounts to access more CSAM or to view more CSAM, and males uh, transacting both in their home country and countries of higher risk when it comes to uh, child sexual exploitation for example. That's interesting and, of course, horrifying. But um, Tiffany, anything that you want to add on funds and identifying funds associated with CSAM? Yeah, definitely. So especially as you know, technology is evolving and everything becomes more accessible, crypto will likely be used just because there's that pseudo-anonymity aspect that goes along with transacting. FinCEN did recently release a report that indicated that CBC, or convertible virtual currency, is the method of choice for payments for, to websites, especially websites and, you know, darknet marketplaces, all of that, that host the CSAM. They often use these third-party payment processors to transfer those funds and then to conceal their activities like file sharing or streaming services. That's interesting. And, and maybe to dwell one more moment on the cryptocurrency aspect of this, can we say anything more specific that's helpful about the forensic tools that are being used to trace this stuff when it involves using cryptocurrency. Jonathan. Yes, definitely. And I think we can divide these tools into uh, two categories. So we have blockchain explorers, which are publicly available for free online. And we have uh, commercial software applications, which are fully fledged investigative tools developed by uh, some companies. So just to name a few of the biggest players, we have uh, Reactor from Chain Analysis, uh, Cypher Trace from MasterCard, 
elliptic investigator from elliptic or clue uh, from the blockchain intelligence group and is there a strong connection between child sexual abuse material and the trafficking of children i think uh, it depends uh, what is important to consider when it comes to uh, the trafficking of minors is the notion of exploitation which uh, relies on some sort of exchange like uh, money or any other kind of uh, benefits so we can have uh, traffickers who are producing or distributing CSAM only for financial gain. And in this case, they are financially driven rather than sexually driven. And they exploit children to receive money in exchange. So they are involved in the sexual exploitation of uh, children. Those who are sexually driven on the other end, they are mainly uh, involved in the sexual abuse of children rather than the sexual exploitation of children. And they are seeking sexual gratification rather than financial gain. So an example would be a child sex offenders uh, grooming children for sexual purposes to obtain CSAM for sexual gratification and without any form of exchange or the intent to sell the obtained uh, CSAM. In this case, we could not really consider this as an offense related to uh, the trafficking of uh, minors. So I think there's been a few high-profile public cases uh, in arrests, successful investigations. Tiffany, can you cite a few of those? Yeah, definitely. The two largest cases that I can think of include darknet websites. So those would include the Welcome To video and Dark Scandals. Um, let me summarize those really quickly. So both of those cases included dark web websites that specifically sold CSAM and transacted in crypto. By law enforcement and crypto firms working together, they were able to identify those wallet addresses that sent money to the known addresses on the dark web uh, marketplace host. Just for some context here, the Welcome to Administrator received around 353,000 USD worth of Bitcoin in thousands of transactions. So the marketplace itself hosted around 250,000 unique videos um, depicting various forms of CSAM, including infants and toddlers. So both customers and the administrator did not cover their tracks, especially with some customers just sending money directly to the administrator's wallet from their account on an exchange, which then allowed law enforcement and the crypto exchanges to work together to find out you know, who was owning these wallets. And um, that partnership really helped out with you know, finding these perpetrators. So interestingly enough, um, from that case, the Dark Scandals case was able to be identified and because one of the customers that was buying from Welcome To Video was also buying on Dark Scandals. And then of course they were flagged as a CSAM user um, that sent money to this wallet. And then from there, you know, you can investigate and find other wallets and addresses that sent money there. Um, so I think those are both really interesting examples of how, you know, some of these crypto tracing technologies helped out and you were able to identify who owned these wallets. But I did also want to point out that customers didn't just use crypto. They also could pay for um, links to content using their own videos and images, kind of as you know a trade system. So crypto isn't always you know the go-to and how to find who is buying and selling CSAM. If I can also just add something to what Tiffany mentioned, it's the fact that uh, investigators conducted the investigation like a financial investigation. It enabled them to uh, uncover a really major network of individuals involved in uh, the sexual abuse and exploitation uh, of uh, children. And so following the money was really key in this uh, particular case. So this is for Welcome to Video and for Dark Scandals. 
the investigators traced the flow of funds and it resulted in the forfeiture of assets and the recovery of funds uh, that was returned to uh, some victims too. Uh, so following the money was really key in these uh, investigations. Well, that leads very naturally to my next question, and that is, what are the kinds of controls, systems that financial institutions that clear transactions should have in place? As transactions evolve on the dark web and within these invite-only forms of platforms that suggest cryptocurrency is you know, now this go-to payment, it might be a little bit more difficult for financial institutions that only deal in traditional monetary instruments to see transactions suggesting CSAM. Um, there are certainly still red flags that could potentially indicate, you know, your customer may, may be involved in buying or selling CSAM. Um, we have a full list of these red flags in our upcoming certificate, uh, but I'll mention a few now. So red flags will definitely look different depending on if the customer is a consumer or producer of these CSAM materials. So, you know, transactions involving numerous purchases with vendors offering, you know, extreme advanced privacy might be a red flag or, you know, buying software on P2P platform, file sharing um, software websites or capturing videos from websites, content creator streaming websites. I mean, you just have to just be aware of your customers doing this, especially if they're known, you know, for certain adult entertainment websites. That just might relate to being a producer of CSAM. And of course, you know, consumers that are purchasing CSAM, red flags might include, you know, purchases on adult entertainment websites, the use of payment processors that specialize, you know, in high-risk merchants or money transfers to emails that might reference some sort of term related to, you know, this child sexual exploitation. So I think just knowing the red flags can be helpful for investigators, especially because you might not see those crypto transactions specifically in your client's accounts, but that's more on the crypto side, especially, and, but that needs to just be explored right now because crypto is becoming, you know, the go-to currency that these criminals are using. We're just about out of time, and I wondered, Tiffany, maybe uh, if you could talk just briefly, um, I guess the CSAM certification, which is part of a whole series that ACAMS has done around human trafficking issues and the exploitation of vulnerable individuals and, you know, when that would be out. I think it's out in January sometime. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about it so that people who are hearing the podcast can keep their eyes open for it and be ready for it. Yeah, sure. So um, Jonathan and I co-authored a new free certificate coming out. Uh, we think it should be in the beginning of the year sometime. Anyone can take the certificate completely free. So really, we just start diving into you know, child sexual exploitation um, with this financial intelligence. So we look at crypto. We look at some transactions using fiat, completely explain what CSAM is. We talk about open source intelligence use in financial investigations, um, this new and evolving technology. And then we start going into typologies and case studies and you know what you can use in your SAR reporting. And of course, then we go into larger case studies and really dig deep into their financial typologies. So definitely encourage anyone who's interested in this to take that certificate and it should be out soon. Well, uh, you know, I think we've tried to talk a little bit about typologies today and a little bit about the scope of this crime. Thanks to you both for having worked on the CSAM certification and it is a way to help combat this crime. So Jonathan, Tiffany, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jonathan DuPont from Western Union 
and my colleague, Tiffany Poyak. I hope you found the podcast compelling and will subscribe to Financial Crime Matters on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud so that you'll receive an alert for each new podcast. Because financial crime matters to me and to you. See you next time.